Jewish audio on Chabad.org. To help of Hashem, we are learning Bavakama Daf Tzadik Ches. We left off on Daf Tzadik Ches Amid Aleph, four lines from the top of the Amid. The Gemara here is going to share four unique dinim, chidushim, taught by Rabba when it comes to the laws of damages. Beginning with the first, Amar Rabba says Rabba, Hazorek Matbeya Shal Chaveder Liyam Hagadol. If one causes someone's coin to fall into the Mediterranean Sea, Potter, the one who caused for that to happen is exempt. And let's read Rashi inside ten lines from the top of the Amid. Rashi Divri Hamaschol Potter Kedemafadish Vazel. As the Gemara will explain, that since we're speaking about a case, that the one who caused for the coin to fall into the sea is not someone who grabbed the coin. Had he grabbed the coin, then he's a gazlan. And the rule of a gazlan is, as we are learning in our sugya, that he has to return the item. If he can't return it, ben, he has to compensate ke'en, kishas hagzelam. But over here, as Rashi says, the person did not take the coin. Hello, what are we speaking about? The adyo that he knocked it out of the hand of the owner. That Jehoisabiyat Bailim, it was in the hands of the owner. And tachas yodoi. And this person came along and knocked him under his hand. The nitsa layam and the coin went flying into the sea. And we're speaking about a case that the waters were clear, continues Rashi. Since the waters are clear and the owner can see his coin, so the coin is not considered lost. The and Amarlay, and therefore this person can tell the owner, the coin is laying in front of you. And it's not lost. I the e mishum the boyel of zuzala bar amoyra'a. Now the owner is going to have to pay someone, pay a diver. Parenthetically, a diver is called amoyra'a. In other words, the words amoyra, the word amoyra, that literally means a meturgaman, those who translated the Mishnah, is also has also the meaning of a diver because we are diving into the sea. Of Talmudai, of the Torah Shabal Peh, Mishnahis and Braises to explain it. So even though this person is going to have to pay a diver to go swim, and to get it, so there is now going to be a time and effort loss. Ah, that Gromohu, that's considered the causative damage. And the Denish, that he's going to have to pay someone to go get it, and the Grama bin Zakan Pater. And this will be the key to understanding all of the four Dinam of Rabba, that they are all going to fall into the category of some sort of causative damage. And the rule is that in as much as one should not do it, and as we learned continuously, meaning that if a person wants to make it, if a person wants to reconnect himself properly to Hashem, this will be a blockage and it has to be resolved. But Adam in a human court and a based in a basin cannot force someone to make compensation when the damage is not direct and immediate, but when the damage falls into the category of grama. So let's go back into the Gemara. So my Tamo, right fifth line from the top, but we, we learned all this out on Rashi because the one who caused for the coin to get lost tells the owner that that the coin is laying in front of you. And if you want, go get it. 
And the Gemara says, that's only correct if the waters are tzalulin. When the waters are clear, the kochazile, you can see it. But if they are murky, that you cannot see it. So it's not pshad that go get a diver to look for it. Who says the diver is going to find it? The moment the owner cannot see it, it's considered lost. You cause that to happen, you're chayv to pay. Loy. And vahani mili, and again another detail, another qualification, Taraba's law, that is only when the adiyei aduyei, when the person who caused this damage knocked the coin out of the hand of the owner, avol shakle but if he would have taken it, the moment he would seize or take the coin, migzal gazle, he's considered a gazlin, and the moment he's a gazlin, hashoba boye he has to return it. You can't give excuses, it's not about grama. You stole it, either give it back or give back whatever it was worth, kishas agzela. But in this case, as we learned out in Rashi, it's in the category of causative damages. Masiv Rava, so Rava challenges Rava from the following b'raisa. The b'raisa is teaching us that when a person wants to redeem the sanctity of Maiser Sheni, on coins that this person now will take to Yerushalayim, the coins have to be in your Rishus. Which means, if a person has coins and he knows where they are and they are in his property, but they are in a place, Rashi says, called Kistara or in a place called Haramelech, Turmalka, these were areas that at that time, if one was in any other place in Eretz Yisrael, it would be dangerous to go there and to get it. In other words, it's difficult to get it. Or if his money fell into the Mediterranean. And even in a case where he can see his wallet. But it's difficult to get it, says the Braisa Ein Mechalalin, you are not allowed to redeem my Sersheni on that money because it's considered halachically not in your Rishus. Which would mean it's considered lost. So he's challenging Rabba. If something is not retrievable, it's considered lost. In other words, not retrievable, not retrievable with ease. If you have to invest time and effort, it's considered lost. Answers Rabba to Rabba. No, shiny leing in my sir. By Meiser, there's a different criterion. There, the be'inun matzu biyotcha. It has to be easily accessible to your hand. Because the Pasuk that we just read yesterday in Parsha Sre'ei, when it says, that you have to bind the money, ah, if it's in the sea, it's not and veleka. But that's a unique rule for Maeser Sheni. However, when it comes to general damages, we will say, Rabbi is insisting, that as long as you can see it, it's not lost. I, again, you have to pay someone to go retrieve it. Okay, that's take a causative loss. That's a causative damage. And Grama bin Azakin put it. So that was din number one. Din number two. If a person effaces, in other words, if a person hammers out the image that is protruding from their coinage. And as we speak out continuously, that the coins that they had in the times of Chazal had inherent value. It was not a U.S. dollar bill. It was a silver coin or a copper coin or sometimes golden coins. And there were images from the king or from the government that authenticated, it was like a certificate. And you know that if it had that image, that the coin indeed has that value because it has that weight. 
And if a person were to hammer in that image, so that's equivalent to today you have by the jewelry, by diamonds, so you have certificates that authenticate the type of diamond, you know, the, the number, the letter, the quality, and therefore everyone knows the market value. Now if a person loses today their certificate, their diamond is not worth less. But they'll have to go through the time and the effort and maybe pay someone money to test it again to give you a new certificate. So here, if the person effaced someone else's coin, they are exempt to pay. Why? Again, for the same logic. My time explains it. Because the person did not take away any silver. Yes, you took away their certificate. A person won't know whether this coin indeed has that weight of their seller. Or, or, or of any other name that they gave to their coins. But it has it. The oh, Hanimili again qualifies the Gemara, the Machie Bikurnas. That's only if he hammered out or hammered in the image with a hammer. H however, and Vitarashay, and he smoothed it. In other words, none of the silver went missing. Aval Shaifa Bishufina. But if the person filed it down, so then Chasuri Chasri, then some of the Silver is missing. That is mamish, direct damage. Again, Masiv Rava. Rava is challenging uh, his teacher, Rava. We learned in Abraisa, he go, al enoi visima. If a master hit his Evid Kanani on his eye and he caused him to become blind, or Allah's if the master hit the Evid on the ear of a Cheshay and he made him deaf. And as we learned, and even though the Torah specifies Shein Va'ayin, it's not only Shein Va'ayin, but if the master is going to damage in an irreversible way, any one of the Chav Dalid Roshay the ten fingers, the ten toes, the two, the eyes, the ears, the nose, and the, and the Amon. So then it's going to be that the Ebed goes out to be free. Now the question will be from this part of the Bryce. In other words, here the Ebed did not lose the eye. He only hit him on the eye and the eye doesn't function. He hit him on the ear and the ear doesn't function. Nevertheless, even though that the physical item is considered, is complete, it's considered damaged. So the question will be, by the same thing by the coin, even if the coin is there, the silver is there, but it's damaged, and just like here, the Evet goes lecheros, the person should be chayv to pay for the coin. Let's just finish the b'raisa. However, it says the b'raisa, and as we learned this recently, that if the master hit the wall right near the Evet, and from the Evet being startled, and all of a sudden him hearing that noise, somehow he became blind, or k'neged o'znei so then, the din over there is, ain't Eved Yoytzebehem as we learned before, because the Eved, even though we don't blame the victim, but in this case we say that the Eved should not have focused that much on his fright, which is why Hitake became blind or deaf. He should have been more easygoing. The Iyuhu Da'avesanafshe, be that as it may, from the ratio of the Braise, we see that when something is not functioning, it's considered broken. So here also the coin doesn't function, it's considered broken, answers the Gemara of that don't tell me that the physical evidence did not change. The very fact that he's blind or deaf means that there was a real change that happened in the evidence. It says in the Torah that Omake, Aviv, God forbid, it's a capital sin to 
inflict an injury on one's father or on one's mother. An injury means the movement of blood. As we just learned, it doesn't mean that the blood has to actually leave the body, but if the child, God forbid, causes for blood to move even internally, if there was a movement of blood, then that's a capital crime. So Rabbah says that if a child made his father deaf, the child is put to death. Why? Because she eats a person, you cannot, one will not become deaf. Without a wound, meaning the tips of the Dhamma, that there was a drop of blood that moved in the ear. And therefore, you can compare that case to the case of a coin, whereby the coin, nothing, there's no movement of blood, so to say. It is taka fully complete. Elama, you cause the owner the damage that he has to get another person to certify that the coin has indeed the weight that everyone would have known that it had before he effaced the image of the king. Then number three, the Amarabah. Also going to the concept of causative damages, your potter. That hatsoidim oizen parasay If a person nicked the ear of one's fellow's cow, in other words, nicking of the ear is something that does not diminish the cow's value. It was worth $100, it's still worth $100. However, if a person would want to offer this cow on the Mizbeah, it's considered the blemish. So now, First of all, the owner might not even want to be Magdashit. But even if he'll want to be Magdashit, he has to go through the time and the effort of selling this cow. He'll get the full price. And with the money buying a cow just like it, and that cow won't have the ear nicked, and he'll be able to offer it. So what he caused was a time and an effort investment of the owner, which doesn't happen directly when you nick it. So it's again in the category of Gramon. My Tama, Paraka, the Kaima Kaima. The Pada has the same value. The loyava, the loymidi, you did not do something that diminished its financial value. And the kulush, and also you can't say that all animals are by default going to be offered on the mizbeach. So Aleph, he might not want to offer it. And even if he'll want to, he can sell this one and get another one. And again, Masiv Rava, Rava challenges Rava from the following price. There's a that from when the Mayim Chaim are drawn in order for them to be sanctified by having the ashes of the burnt Pada Adoma put on it. Once the ashes are put on the water, we call that Mechatas or Meinida, then if, even if someone used that water for their own personal things, for example, a person wanted to weigh a piece of meat. And the person had a pitcher that was filled with the main nida, and you know that the pitcher with the water, let's say, weighs a pound. So you have it on those weights where you put the pitcher on one side, and now you know exactly when it levels out, you have a pound of meat. No one is advocating people doing that. But once the waters are already sanctified, doing malacha with it will not disqualify it. However, before the waters were sanctified, from when they were drawn, up until when ashers are put in it, there, there's a rule that if anyone does malacha with the water, the water becomes disqualified. And by the way, there are, it, it even means that if while the person is carrying the water, walking, the person is doing other work, that's also going to be a disqualification to the water. So if one did that, or if a person worked with the red heifer itself, you know, the red heifer has that tremendous value, right? Like the story in Kedushan. And here came along an outsider, and, he, and, and the person made the cow work. The Torah says, Asher loy Allah oil. 
So you did a hezek that's not discernible. So in both of these cases, says the Braisa, Potter Medina Yodam, but Vachai Medina Shomai. Period. Says the Gemara, let's infer Melacho who The example that the Braisa gave was when one did a type of work that does not change absolutely the water or the cow. And that's why, seemingly, the person is going to be exempt. Avol soidim. But what would be in a case where one does something to the cow that is discernible? Like the case of Rabba, where you nick the ear. Because if even here you would be potter, the Braise should have given a greater example, a better example. Omri, so they answered, no, that's not a proof. Really, Huadin, Rabba's right. And really, Afilu soidim is also going to be potter. Because yes, as we spoke out, this animal is no longer fit to be offered as a carbon, but you can sell this and buy another one. Time and effort is only a causative damage for which you're putting in the other. I, why didn't the Braisa tell you a bigger Chiddush? Says the Gemara did. Because the Braisa is not only telling you that you're putting in the other. The Braisa is telling you that you're high within a Shemayim. And for the Chayv B'dina Shamayim, the greater Chiddush is, is that even though there is no discernible damage, you're still Chayv B'dina Shamayim. So we had, again, Zoyrek Matbeya. We had the, the, the Hashof Matbeya. Tzoyrem Oznoi Shal Parach And now the fourth Chiddush of Rabba. Ve'omar Rabba. Ha'soyrev Shtorei Shal Chavedoi. If a person had a loan document, for example. In other words, I had a document through which I will be able to collect a debt. And someone came ahead and he burnt my document. Now I lost my proof. So again, Pater, the burner is exempt. Why? The Amar because he tells the owner that I burned paper. Now, for the paper, by the way, he has to pay. But the key is that he doesn't have to pay for the loss that this will cause by the fact that now the owner of the document doesn't have proof that money is owed to him. So says the Gemara Mask of Rami Bar hold on a second. Practically, why did we need the din of Rabbo? Hey Chidomi, what, what are we speaking about? We're turning to Daf, Tzadik, Ches, Amid Beis. If we still have witnesses that testify to for our example that there is a loan, so then there is actually no real damage. Nothing was really lost there. The witnesses will testify and a new document will be written. Elama, why is the owner of the document shouting and based in you caused me damage? Because the lack because there are no witnesses. Now, if there are no witnesses, even without Rabbah's Chiddush, that since this is called Grama, you're going to be putted, Anan Mino Yadinan. You know, how do we even know? A person is saying, you burned a burnt loan document. And, and it was written that Chaim Yankel owed me $1,000. Maybe it wasn't a loan document. And even if it was a loan document, maybe Chaim Yankel owes me $1. How do you Bechlal know the damage that is being caused? And who needs the Ptur of Rabba? So here, instead of Rava challenging, here Rava's answering. So Rava says, no, no, no. Did my Rebbe Rabba needed to teach us then in a case where we're going to learn the Yam Shal Shleimah's version in Rashi. So look in the second to the top line, and I'm reading it again, look in the Mesera Sashas, that we're speaking about a case where the burner believes the loan 
owner, the document owner. He believes the lender. The lender is shouting, it said that Chaim Yankel owes me $1,000. And the burner says, oh, I believe you. But the burner doesn't know if he's Chaif to pay just because he burnt it. So even in a case where the burner believes him, there you need to have Rabbah telling you a Chiddush, Tataka, we believe him. However, he's exempt because of this concept of only causative damages. Oh. Says the Gemara, Omar Abdimi Barchanino, I want you to know that the that this din of Rabban is really Machlekes Rabshem of Rabbanani. This will be dependent and connected to the Machlekes of Rabshem and Rabbanan. That we learn together that hey, even though when the Torah speaks about my ox damaging or me damaging an ox, these din are only when it is Shoir Re'eu and not Shoir Shal Hagdish. Which Luchura should mean, let's speak about the case of a Ganev, that if a person steals a object that belongs to Hegdish, he has to return it. But the Dinim of Kefal, or Dalit Vehei, if the Ganev on top of is stealing, Noch goes ahead and he slaughters it or sells it. And we know the rule that this does not apply to a ox that belongs to Hegdish. Nevertheless, we had the Mishnah in which Rab Shimon said the following, that if a person made a Neder, not an Adav, if a person didn't say this animal is Hegdish, the person began by saying, I'm taking upon myself to bring an animal, let's say for a shlaman. The person made a vow. And then the person bought an animal. And the din there would be that if anything happens to the animal before it's offered, even if it's a freak accident, the owner, the one who made the nether, has to replace it because he took upon himself a vow to bring a carbon shlaman. Ah, so here says Rab Shimon, if a person who made a nether, who already designated an animal, the animal already is hegdish. But if now a ganav steals that animal, said Rab Shimon, that the ganav does have to pay kefil. Or if the ganav went and he sold it, or slaughtered it, he will have to pay dalot vehei. I shoy re'eyu and not shoy hegdish, says Rab Shimon the rule, that being that if this animal disappeared, which it did, the owner has to replace it. By the fact that the animal did not disappear, even though it already belongs to Hegdish, it's allowing for the owner not to undergo an additional money expenditure. In other words, it's considered the owner's enough because it's allowing him not to have to buy another one for it to be still considered the owner's ox. And therefore, in the case of theft, for example, at Abshimon holds, the Ganif has to pay the Kefal and the Dalad Vehei. So now let's use, this, use the same logic to the document. This document is allowing, if I'm the holder, to collect from Chaimi Yankel the $1,000. Now that the burner burnt it, he caused for me to undergo a loss of $1,000. So according to Rab Shimon, who holds Dovar Dami, it's not considered causative damages, it's considered $1,000. It's a direct damage. And therefore, he's suggesting that Rabba's din is only according to the Rabbanan. Let's read it inside. That in the case of the burner, we should not say what Rabba said, but we should say that the burner should have to pay to the loan owner the value that's written in the document. And as the Gemara spoke out, yeah, if he says, I don't believe you, that's another whole challenge. But in a case where the burner believes that this was indeed the value, he has to pay up that value. However, only the Amri, the first wide line, that Dovar Hagerim Lamamin, Lav Kemamin Domi, that is where you say Lamachayev. 
That is what Rav Dimi is suggesting. So says the Gemara, Mask of Lord Rafuna, Bereid Rabbi Yeshua to Rav Dimi. Ema de Shomat Leilid Rav Shimon, where does Rav Shimon hold? That since in the case of Hegdish, that Dover Hagoyim Lomomain is Taka considered Momain, that's only Bedover Sheikari Momain, that's only in the case of the ox, or in other examples where the item in discussion is inherently valuable. There is an inherent value. And that's not the case of the star. True, it's goyrem lamamayim. But since the document in itself has no inherent value, argues Rafuna Rabbi Yeshua, even Abshimin will be maidam, that the burner did not do direct damage. And therefore, Rabba's din will be according to everyone. And Kidaraba, the Amar and he's going to substantiate this differentiation by that which Rabbi said himself. That Rabbi said the following: that Gazal chametz lifnei Pesach. Look at this case: a ganav steals someone's chametz before Pesach. Terrible thing, a ganav. Now, ubo acher, a third party mixes in over here, userafay bimoyed, and he burns that chametz during the mayid. Rashi says. During the Mayid doesn't only mean during Pesach, it already be, it means from Erev Pesach, Midai Raisa, from the sixth hours onwards, from that time during Yantiv, a third party sees Chametz, he says, Oi, Chametz on Pesach, by a Jew, the Jew happens to be Aganif, but one thing has nothing to do with the other, he burns it. So Rabbi says, if he burnt it, the Mayid his potter, why? Shahakoil, Mitzuvim, all of Levaroi, everyone, beautiful, called Yisrael, Arevim, Zebozer. Everyone is obligated to make sure that every Jew's chametz is being uh, destroyed. However, but if a third party sees the chametz in the possession of the robber. Now, being that it was under the robber's possession during Pesach, so we know the din, that chametz, sho'avar, all of a Pesach, is something from which one cannot even derive benefit from. However, the love of Bal Yiroa, no longer exists. So if a person then burnt it, so what's the question over here? On one hand, you can argue, since it's Chametz of Pesach, which no one can benefit from, so halachically, there is no value to it. So therefore, this burner damaged nothing, and therefore he owes no one anything. On the other hand, Rabbi says, hold on, since we learned in the Mishnah, that Hezek She'en Nikir, the way we'll see in a moment, is not called Hezek. And if the Ganav does tshuva, and he's going to return that which he stole, he gets away by returning this chametz, even though the owner now cannot use it. But the chametz itself will help the robber fulfill the obligation of giving back the principal. And Abshimin says, Meaning, now that it's burnt, the robber doesn't have this chametz to return. Ah, so according to Abshimin, says Rabba, the burner is going to be chayif to pay to the robber. Lit up Shimon, all this is Rabbi saying, because now the robber can no longer use this chametz to fulfill his obligation of returning that which he stole. is not mamain. Halacha says it's asr it has no value, belongs to no one, so then it's going to be potter. So all of this, in other words, what the Gemara is saying, that I agree that you can stretch, that you can expand, and apply the machloikas, Rab Shimon and Abanan, that they have by the animal of Hegdish to many other dinim. But it has to be similar enough to the case of Hegdish, 
And the key, the criterion is, is that the item in question has inherent value. But the davar she'eni karei mamayin, like a loan document, mi amrinon. Okay, so now we have Rabba's din that is backed up, even according to Rab Shimon, the burner is not going to be chayev. So says the Gemara, Amar HaMeimar. And now we're opening up a concept that we mentioned in brief beforehand. We're going to learn this in greater detail, God willing, soon on Daf Kuf. And we're going to learn this Gemara the way the Rif learns the Gemara. That Amemer's statement is not only going on the final and the last case of one who burnt a document, but really Amemer is going to make an opinion on all of the four dinim we learned today from Rabba, that you should know. Man de do'in dina de garmi. The opinion that holds that by garmi one does have to pay the dinay adam. Magbi He's giving the example of the case of burning a document that you'll have to return the money itself. So one, two, three. Number one, important to remember that we have a machlekes amongst the Rishonim whether Garmi and Grama are the same or whether they're not. We're going to follow Shitas Rashi that generally says that Garmi basically means Grama. And therefore, even though we're learning Mamash the whole Bavakama, that Grama bin Izakan is Pater, Adam, but now we're learning that there is one Tana, and we'll see on Daf Kuf that the Tana is Rebbe Meir, and we follow this opinion even Lahalachem. That holds that garmi or chayiv, even if it's not mamish direct and immediate, if you caused it, then you are chayiv to pay. And therefore, this is one approach that Rashi says that garmi and grama are the same, even though, even Lashitas Rashi, there are still, there is a subtle difference, and it's all going to contingent on this concept. Direct and immediate is called hezek. Whenever it's a little bit less direct or and a little bit less immediate, it's called garmi. And perhaps if it's even further away, then it's called grama. Now it happens to be that most of the Rishonim don't accept Rashi's approach. And they hold that garmi and grama are two different things. Even Rameir will hold that grama bin Azakan is pater. But again, garmi, and we're going to now to get a better insight in garmi, especially according to the Rif, that says that Amemer's statement goes on all four dinam of Rabbah, so this will be a great definition of garmi. So both in the case of throwing a, a coin into the sea. Don't forget, again, he didn't take it in his hands, but he knocked the coin into the sea, and right now the coin is not available. To get the coin, you have to pay a diver. Or when you efface a, sto- a, a coin, so right away, no one knows the value or the weight of the stone. Or when you nick the ear of a cow, right now it's not good legabe mizbeach. Or you burn a loan document. It's very direct. Even though, again, the loan document doesn't have any inherent value, but Ameimar says that according to the opinions, which will be Rav Meir, that rules that by garmi you are chayif to pay for the damages. So here, the burner, and again, according to the rif, and the one who knocked the stone, and the one who effaced the stone, and the one who nicked the ear of the cow, will be chayif to pay. However, Amemir is saying, yeah, Rabbah doesn't hold that way. Uman, the He agrees, no Rab Shemin, no Rabbanan, according to everyone, if you don't paskin that when you cause a damage in the class of garmi, you're going to be potter. If you talk a potter, then you don't have to pay. Says the Gemara story, have a uvda 
This is a very interesting story, and the Gemara is covering more than revealing, but it appears the following, that when Rav Ashi was a minor, Rav Ashi caused a fire to burn someone's document. Now, there are two things in play here. Number one, we just learned over here that if you're not doing Dina de Garmi, burning a document, you're Patim Medina Yadam. Now, there's no doubt that Ravashi wanted to be Patim Medina Shamayim as well. However, again, if you pass Dina de Garmi, then you are Chai Medina Yadam. However, the story of Ravashi happened when Ravashi was a minor. And when we learned on that, I think it was Pei Zion, the Mishnah, that was speaking about that cotton, cotton. And even though the Mishnah also spoke about an evident Isha, the Mishnah there, the way we learned to Gemara, the Mishnah and Rashi, evident Isha, exactly, pay Zion, hold, that you're chayiv. That means if, if a woman damages someone or something, she's obligated to pay. But when she's married, at least in those days, most women had no money. So they didn't pay because technically they don't have money. But the way we learn in the Mishnah is that they're really not obligated to pay. Meaning that if this minor gets older, when he gets older, he still doesn't have to pay. But that's me'ikir adin. But even though the minor is not obligated to pay, he should pay. And therefore, Ravashi, who it appears again, he burned someone's loan document when he was a minor. So the burning itself is not something that you can demand if you're not doing dinner de garmi. The fact that he did it when he's a minor, according to everyone, you cannot oblige him to pay when he becomes an adult. Nevertheless, the word kafye doesn't mean that he forced him. Halachically, it means he pressured him. Rafram pressured Ravashi that he should pay for the damages. And Ravashi paid for the damages. And you know how he paid it? He paid it by giving his idiots, which is the rule of how you pay damages. And the expression used in the Gemara is va'agbi bei ki keshura l'tzalmo. You know, wood has many functions. Wood can be used for building. When you need a beam, you can use a piece of wood. But the quality of the wood has to be at its greatest when you are engraving something on wood. There you want the wood to be mamish the best. So the expression here of Rav Ashi paying with his best properties is that just like the wood that's used for engravements are your best wood, Rav Ashi gave his best belongings to pay for something beyond the letter of the law. Again, coming from the fact that when he was a minor, he caused someone's loan document to get burned. Oh, continuing your Daf Tzadik Chesam, by the two dots, Chameitz, V'avar Olav Pesach. Right, we had the Mishnah. The Mishnah t- is teaching us the din that we are calling Hezek She'enoi Nikr Loishmei Hezek. Even though Chametz that was under the ownership of a Jew over Pesach is no longer uh, usable for anything. It's Asr Bahana. But being that the physical Chametz is here, if a person stole it and he wants to fulfill his obligation of a Heshev Esakzela, Asher Gazal, he can give it back. And Omer Loi, he tells the owner, That is what it says in our Mishnah. It says the Gemara Man Tano Omerim Bisurayano, comes along and he's suggesting that Hezek She'en and Nikir is really a Machloikas Tanoim. That's Rab Chizda. And therefore, our Mishnah is not according to everyone. More than that, according to Rab Chizda, the opinion of Hezek She'en and Nikar, Loish Hezek, is Adas Yachid. And the Chachamim actually argue with him. Amar Rab Chizda, it's only Rab Yaakov. The Tanya. And what's his proof that this is a Machloikas Tanoim? The Tanya we learned in Abraisa, Shoy Shehemis, if an ox killed a person. The din will be that if the ox is taken to a Beisdin and tried and found guilty, 
the ox will be condemned to be stoned. The moment we have this ruling in the based in, the ox is Asur Bahana. And we learned a lot about this earlier in the Masech. Even if the ox was not stoned, even if the ox was slaughtered after the Gemar Din, you can't have any benefit. Oh, so actually, Nigmar Dino, he says the Brai saw before the based in ruled that the ox has to be stoned. If the owner sold it, the sale is a sale. Now, what's going to happen with the buyer? We learned that before. Perhaps it's a machlekes tanoim, whether based in then can try the ox. Maybe, yeah, maybe not. Maybe it's not under the same ownership. But in any event, the sale is a sale because he sold him something before it was condemned by a based in to be stoned. Likewise, Hegdishoi Mugdash. Shchatoi, if he shechted it before the Gbardin, then Psarimutan, you can eat it. Likewise, if the person was a guardian and while he was guarding the ox, the ox killed another person. And now the Shaymer wants to return that which he's guarding and he returned it before the Gmardin. However, continues the Braisa, but Mishin Igmardinai, but once based in Paskin that Hashel Yisakel, Macharai Enomachar. If the owner now, he sells it to someone else, it's not a sale. And if says the Tanakama, which is Das Rabim Chachamim, Aha, understands Rab Chizda. Why? Why Eino Muxar? I, you're giving it back because Hezek, She'ena Nikar is still called a Hezek. The fact that Halacha Paskin, the ox has to be put to death, the ox has no value. And we are comparing the din of a shaman returning something to its owner, and a ganif, a gazlin, has to, having to return that which he stole. So lechachamim hezek she'ena nikir is hezek according to Rabbi Chizda. Rabbi Yaakov is the one that says af mishenik mardina yechzir shemulav muchzar. And again, my love suggests Rabbi Chizda that mahakam ifligi that Rabbi Yaakov holds oimrim the surei hanaa that even when something is already ushered, even for hanaa, nevertheless, if it's physically here, you can tell the owner harei shulchalaf anecham. And that's our Mishnah, but that's only Rabbi Yaakov. The Rabbanon are the ones that hold ein oimrim the surei hanaa harei shulchalaf Comes along Rabban, he tells Rabchizda, Loi Metanalef. No, you're making a mistake. The Kula Alma, everyone holds, Bisurei Hanoa, that Haresh Ochalafanechom. Everyone holds, Hezek Sheinenikir is not called Hezek in this din of one being allowed to return it. A Shemer to the owner, a Gazlin to the owner. Says In our Mishnah, Rebbe did not quote a machlekes. Yes, in the Brayse, there's a machlekes by a shomer. It has nothing to do with the hezek she'en and nikir, if it's a hezek or not. The argument has to do with a whole different question, which is that when an ox killed a person and the ox has to be tried, does the ox have to be present in court? How much do we compare the dinim of judging an ox to the dinim of judging a person? Now, if the ox needs to be in court, in other words, you can't rule against the ox in front of the ox, then there's a whole other issue coming to play, as the Gemara beautifully speaks out, that that you cannot rule against the ox if the ox would not be present. 
And therefore, the owner of the ox, when he gave it to a shamer, and under the guardianship of the shamer, the ox killed another person. The owner of the ox has a big time against the shamer, which is, the Amalei tells him, Had you returned the ox to me, I know the ox killed someone. Okay? But nevertheless, my axe would never have become Asr Mahana because Hava Ma'aritna Layla Agama, I would have driven my axe to the swamp. Bazin never would have found it, and therefore I would keep my axe. You be a dying by you giving the axe over to Bazin, that's an act of damage. It's not about the Hezek She'en Nikr that the ox is a killing ox. Now you gave it over in the hands of whom? I cannot go against the Beisden. So you caused damage by giving it to Beisden. That's an act that you did. That's why the Chachamim say that he's chayif. Rabbi Yaakov holds, no, that goimnim dinashol shalai and therefore, the Amar lay, the owner, the, the Shaymer tells the owner, what do you want from me? Listen, everyone holds Hezek She'en and Nikir, Loish Mehezek. So that, I'm allowed to give it back to you. What's your taina? That why did I allow Beisdin to have a ruling against the ox? Well, I couldn't have stopped that. My Avdi lay, Soif Soif, Avagam Dalai Dinesh, Okay, so now you have a Machlaikas between Rabba and Abchizda, whether Rabbi Yaakov and the Chachamim argue when it comes to Hezek She'en and Nikr. According to Rabbi Chizda, just like they argue in the case of the Braisa, Rabbi Chizda holds, they also would argue in the case of our Mishnah. And according to Rabbi Chizda, the Chachamim will hold that the Gazlan cannot tell the owner after Pesach, Hareshul Chalafonecho. Says the Gemara, Ashkechei Rabbi Chizda, Rabbi Barshmol. Rabbi Barshmol evidently knew all the Braises by heart. So Rabbi Chizda found him and he told him, I'm having this disagreement with Rabbah. Help me out. Amalei, Rabbi Chizda asks, Rabbi Barshmuel, Tanisamidi, Be'isurei Hanah, is your psabraisa that can substantiate what I said? So Rabbi Barshmuel says, there actually is. The only problem is, the problem for Rabbi Chizda, is that the braisa that Rabbi Barshmuel will teach, Beferish says against Rabbi Chizda. Tanina says, Veheshev HaSagzeilo. Abraisa quotes the Pasuk in Pasha's Vayikra that the robber has to return that which he robbed. Why did the trader repeat its repetitive words, extra words that, that he stole? So says the Abraisa, that if it has the same form, he can return it. Imagine. Meaning, Mikan, Omru, Gazel, Matbeav, and Ifsa. If a person stole a coin and the coin became disqualified, as we learned before, the government said, this coinage, this king is out. Or, Pedis, Virkivo, fruits that rotted. Ooh, this is even more than the Mishnah. And the Gemara is going to address this in a moment. Or, wine and it became vinegar. And Truma became Tame. Oh, that's already the normal case of Hezek, She'en, and Nikir. Or, Chametz, Va'avra'ova, Pesach. Or, Behema, Ve'navdo, Either bestiality, or someone served it as a Vedizara, or Vashair, Achla Nigmar Dinai, the Shair killed someone, but before they judged the axe to death. So in all of these cases, Befedish says the Braisa, you could return it. Asher Gazel, it's here, you can return it. Oh, now comes along Rabbi Barshmuel, Gvaldik, and he refutes Rabbi Chizda. And he asks him, Man Let's make it clear, this Braisa cannot be Rabbi Yaakov. Because according to Rabbi Yaakov, there is no difference whether Nigmar Dinoi or not. So that means that our Braisa is the Rabbanan. 
And nevertheless, it says clearly that in the case of Hametz, even though under the, um, under the uh, guardianship or ownership of the Gazlin, he can still tell the owner, So this says, So you have a cute answer. tells Rabbi, do me a favor. Rashi says, if you find the Bnei Yeshiva, please don't tell them this Braisa. Rashi says, I don't want them to, you know, to rub it in, so to say. But yeah, but Rabchizda is refuted, and Chachamim, like Rabbi Yaakov, hold that Taket's a Hezek, but since it's Sheena Nikar, when it comes to the rule of a Heshev Esakzela, he can tell him, continues now the Gemara quoting from this Brice again. Hold on. In our Mishnah, we learned that only if the Pedus Verikivu, in our Mishnah, it says you can't return it. Pedus Verikivu. The Braise says that the Gazlan can tell him, but it says in our Mishnah, then he has to pay him, as we learned to rule whenever there is an irreversible change. So says the Gemara, our Mishnah is speaking about that all of the fruits got rotten. Then he has to give him back the value of the fruits, kishas, hagzela. But in the Braise, that they only became partially rotten, meaning, that fruits by default are constantly decomposing themselves. So there's a certain acceptable amount of decomposition of rotting that is not considered the damage. And that's the only case where the Baraisa says that the Gazlan can tell the owner, With this we conclude the Gemara, and now we're going to open up a whole new sugya. Now, here we're speaking about the din of if someone gives something to a craftsman, to an uman, and he asks him to do something, and the craftsman ruins it. What are the responsibilities of the craftsman? Ubahagdama, at least one introduction. Normally the rule is that when a man is mazik, Adam ha-mazik is chayiv even bo'enus. However, Adam that's mazik is chayiv bo'enus, that's if I have no business touching your stuff. So even though I, I, I touched it and I, and I damaged it, I'm chayif to pay. When someone gives something to a craftsman, he's asking the craftsman to do something to it. So you don't apply the normal rule of even even We don't have that by an uman. On the other hand, let's view him like a shamer. Nevertheless, by a shamer, if a shamer is poishaya, the shamer is chayif to pay. Even if it's a shamer sacher. So this is the way we're going to approach the sugya. So says the Mishnah, that nasan li'umanim, if someone gave to a craftsman something, l'sakein, let's speak about wood. Now the word l'sakein, very importantly, could mean two things. One of the following two, l'sakein could mean to fashion. Notice he gave him the raw material and he told him to make a utensil. Or l'sakein means that the utensil was made, he simply needs to fix it. Hacking a nail, but it's already fashioned and that's huge and we'll have this in the Gemara. And the Kilkaloi, the Uman, the craftsman ruined it, says the Mishnah Chayavim Lishalim. The craftsman is responsible to compensate. Again, a lot more details in the Gemara. And here the Mishnah gives an example, and I'll tell you right away the Maskana. This is explaining the Reisha. It's not two separate cases, it's the same case. In other words, the Mishnah is Ke'ilu saying, Ke'itzad, that if a person gave to a Chadash, to a carpenter, Shida, Teva, Umigdal, a carriage, a box, or a closet, in other words, clearly a already finished utensil. 
but it was somehow not functioning. And he tells the Uman, Lesakin, fix it. Not fashion it, fix it. And the Kilkel, and instead of fixing it, he ruins it. So he has to compensate for the loss that he caused. Chayv L'Shalom. Another example, Fahabanai, if you have a builder, Shekibel, that is a contractor, that's another key word, there are, there's, there's a Seicher, there's someone who you are paying a daily wage, let's say, and then you have a concept of a Kablon, so here if a person undertook a job, a jobber, he gets paid, not for the day, but for doing the job, and he undertook to demolish a wall. And it goes without saying that uh, it was understood then that the walls that were made out of stones, the owner of the wall wants to have his stones. He wants to reuse them. Today we're living in a, dis in a disposable generation. Then every, everything was reused. But this person was just supposed to take the wall apart, but to leave the stones intact. And the Shibir and this Banai broke the stones, or he damaged the stones. Chayv l'shal. However, here the Mishnah makes a qualification. If the, the stones fell off the wall, not because of the banging that the Banai was doing in the wall, but as we'll learn later in the Gemara, is that as he's taking the wall apart, the wall somehow became unbalanced, and that caused some stones to fall down. But again, it wasn't directly from the Koyach of the Banai. Here, it's going to be in the category of causative damages. And the Banai is going to be put with more details. It has to be also the fact that he was an Oynas V'chulet. However, but if it's from his force, then he's going to be Chayiv. So let's go back to the beginning of the Mishnah. And the Gemara opens up with a very famous sugya. Amar Abasi says, Ravasi loishonu, that when do we say that the uman, that the craftsman is liable, that's Ella, shenosan l'chadosh, only if he gave to the carpenter a shida, tevim amigdol again, a already finished product that only needed to be fixed. And he told him, for example, linoids, bohem masmer, hakin a nail, banging a nail, and he banged in the nail the way we bang in nails, yeshiva bachrim, and he ruined the wood. The notes of the masmer and the shibram. That's when he's chayv to pay. But in a case where nasan lacharash hates him, but if the owner gave to the charash the raw material, he gives him wood. And he told him to fashion a utensil. Lastly, shido table migdol. And he fashioned the utensil. And then at the end, he broke it. Potter, he won't be hive to pay all of the damages. Now that has to be clarified. So first of all, let's say the raw material is worth $100. And, and he, he made up, just to make the numbers, he tells the woman, I'll pay you $200, make it into a closet. The ready closet is worth $500. So he began with 100 raw material. The closet is worth $500. If the craftsman made it into a closet, and then he broke the closet, and let's say the closet is worth $250, so the Mishnah is not saying that he's chayv to pay 250 to the owner because the owner never gave him a closet. The owner gave him raw material. I, the closet now belongs to the owner, says Ravasi, it does not. And this is a very important point. My Tama, these are the words. Uman kaina b'shvach keli. Which means like this, that when you pay someone to do something for you, if he's just doing a service, if he's not changing something that you gave to him, then of course, whatever you gave him belongs to you. And you owe money, which we'll call the money wage money. You have to pay him for the, for the work that he did. But if you gave to a person raw material, and he fashioned it, increasing its value, like in our case, Halacha says, according to Ravasi, that the craftsman 
owns all of the added value that he gave to the raw material. So if I give wood to a craftsman, and I told him I'm paying him $200, we don't look at those $200 as wages. No, I gave him $100, that belongs to me. He turned this into a closet. In our example, the closet is worth $500, which means he added $400 to the raw material. Those $400 belongs to the craftsman. The only thing is he can't charge me $400 because we made up that I'm only paying him $200. So when he gives me the utensil and I give him the $200, the shot is I am paying him for what he owns. It's a sale. It's proceeds of a sale, not wages. That's very important. And therefore, in our case, if he fashioned it into a closet, who owns the closet? Well, it's a partnership. I only own the raw material. I own $100. He owns the, the remaining value. If he ruins that, why would he have to pay me? Now, obviously, if he ruined it so bad that it's not even worth $100, that he has to pay me. Because the wood remained mine. So if it's only worth $50, he has to pay me $50, but that's not normal. Normal, the case of the Gemara is, is that he, instead of it being worth four, $500, he ruined it at the end and it's only worth $400. He doesn't owe me anything for that because he owned the added value up until the point that he gave it back to me, which he didn't yet. Givaldik, let's read it inside. My time again, Uman, Kaina, Bishvach, Keli, a craftsman acquires all of the improvement in the utensil, Gavaldik, says the Gemara, says the Gemara, hold on, Tanan, we learned in our Mishnah, Nasan Lumanim, the first line in the Mishnah, if a person gave something to a craftsman, and the Kilkulu, Chayav Mashalim, Frek the Gemara, my love is not the beginning of the Mishnah, the Yavlu who hates him, that he gave him wood and he fashioned it, and still he's Chayav to pay for whatever, if he fashioned it into a closet, and at the end he ruined it, he has to pay me, the owner, for what, the damage, says the Gemara, no, that the case of the Reisha is she the table migdol. I gave him already a, a fashion keli. I frek the gemara. Hold on. The Mishnah said on the next line, hamidik tani seifa she the table migdol. Doesn't that imply that the first line of the Mishnah is not speaking about a ready utensil? So the gemara says no. Amri perush or koma farishla. Like we spoke out, it's as if the Mishnah says the words Ketzad, for example, Nasan Leumanim Lusakein. If he gave something ready for him to fix, And says the Gemara the Ketzad Ketani. I'll prove it to you. Because if indeed the Mishnah begins with the case of someone giving to a harash raw material. So now, if even in this case, the harash has to pay me for the damages, who needed the whole case of the Sefer? That ate him still chayavam l'shalim, v'loyam irinan umakoyinam shvach kelim, ishaydo tevo migdal miboyem. Here the Gemara says, well, First of all, we're not going to refute Ravasi from the Mishnah, but the proof is not a proof. Says the Gemara, the second to last line, Im Yishum Yiri, they don't have a raya. Why not? Because Tana Seifa very common. Maybe both cases are two, are two separate cases. And maybe the Reisha is speaking about someone giving to a craftsman the raw material. Why did the Mishnah have to speak out giving to the craftsman a already made utensil so in order for us to know that the Mishnah is not repeating itself, so the Sefer is revealing the meaning of the Reisha. Shalai Taimar, for you not to mistakenly say 
we're saying this, by the way. But that's just how we refute the proof. That Teresha is only Shedetivo Migdal. Avol ate Simloi. So maybe for one not to make the mistake, to say what Ravasi is saying, Tana Seifa Shedetivo Migdal. And now, why is the Mishnah repeating the same thing twice? That's Mechlal Deresha ate And Vafilacha Chayiv Lashalem. So a proof you don't have, but we're going to stand with Ravasi Shita of Umen. Just al Chasidis, you know, when it says in the Torah that that Hashem made an incomplete world, and so to say, He entrusted us, we're supposed to be the Umanim, to perfect it, so we are kind of In other words, we become Shutfim, the tremendous Achrayis and Zuchus that we, the Jewish people, have, Emir Hashem, to be continued.